This is RJ Bell on a big draft special edition, and we got one headline, and it's major. It is the odds tell us the number three pick we thought was going to be Mac Jones. The odds say it's not going to be Mac Jones, and we'll have odds on literally dozens of the picks in the first round. Here comes a full hour of this very special edition. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live on a special Thursday edition, live in Las Vegas, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. I got to tell you something, man. This is what live radio is built for. You know, podcasts got their place, but the odds are changing as we speak. They change throughout the day. We did a mock draft on a podcast last night. I'm not sure if it wasn't stale by the time it got out there because Vegas and not even Vegas as much because they shut down 24 hours before because they're scared of late, you know, information. But the rest of the betting world, sports betting world, the odds have changed drastically in some key places. Mackenzie Rivers will be with us with the breaking news as it happens. And, you know, this is a great example. Sports bettors listen for the money. There's going to be some bets to make. And sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. And listen, you listen to this hour leading up to the draft, you're going to know more about the draft than some of the guys on TV, at least based upon the odds we're going to give you. Now, I'm the pro in L.A. He's the Joe, Jonas Knox. Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got some games in the NBA later on tonight and a full slate of action in Major League Baseball. What is the Vegas lead here on this Thursday? One headline, which is it looks like it's not Mac Jones with the number three pick. Now, again, these are odds, but there's been drastic movement away from Mac Jones. Yeah, and there's been some conversations about what the 49ers will do at number three. There's been some rumblings about a potential quarterback in Green Bay who's not happy and wants to come west. But as of right now, San Francisco on the clock at number three, and we are waiting to find out who they'll be selecting. So let me ask you, this, this Green Bay stuff, why is it coming out today? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have that answer. It's almost like it's the. It's like there's a family with like five kids, and somehow one of the kids has graduated high school already. He's a sophomore in college. That's Aaron Rodgers, and now the other kid is getting like a high school graduation party, and he's like, you know, I'm going to say I'm dropping out of college like that morning <laughs> just to find a way to get all the attention. Doesn't it have a little feel of that to you? Yeah, and and I I have seen some stuff out there that you know, Aaron Rodgers had been talking to Green Bay about, you know, accepting a deal from the 49ers, and that was a team that he was interested in going to if they offered a pick. And I just wonder if Rodgers realized the Packers weren't going to play ball, and he just said, all right, well, then let me go ahead and sabotage everything and make this story about me today. Because I tell you this, if it's legit, and we're going to get to it in, at more length here, but if it's legit that he's trying to really blow it up, 
to me, that's so, one. Let's accept the fact there's a chance we don't know exactly what's going on. And maybe there's some egregious thing that Aaron Rodgers has had done to him and we don't know. But assuming that's not the case, it strikes me that to go and talk about the mystery of things and leave things vague and kind of being hard, playing hard to get in the offseason, you know, beyond jeopardy, all that to me is little negatives, but they're little, right? But the idea of like, oh, okay, out, you know, 13 and 3, 13 and 3, that's 26 and 6. When you run 26 and 6 with a new coach and the team that's built around you, and is this all because they drafted a quarterback? I mean, I, it, it, it just, from what I've under, my understanding is he's not real happy with anybody upstairs. And this could go back to not just the quarterback and then moving up to draft Jordan Love, but also the fact that they got rid of his quarterback's coach and, and didn't, you know, didn't have a conversation with him about it. It just feels like he's been burnt by them a couple of times now, and he's finally had enough. And he figured today with, uh, with all these other conversations out there, he just figured, all right, why don't I go ahead and hijack the headlines? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You're trying to say sympathetically to Aaron Rodgers, and at the end, you really can't, right? <laughs> and you know, listen, I've I've been, you know, in many relationships over the years romantically, and I've been married over ten years, so it's like you know, the, I can remember there's certain people, and listen, we all got our faults, but there's certain people you can do ten good things and one bad. And let me tell you something, them tight good things are like gone with the wind. And that bad one, you're going to hear about six years later. Yeah. And, you know, again, it's, it's tough. And, and we all do that to some degree. But there's certain people that the, the good doesn't seem to matter. And to me, you said, oh, they fired the quarterback's coach. Oh, they didn't draft who he wanted. Oh, you know. And it's like, well, what about all the things they've done? Right, because it seems to me Green Bay hasn't really been known as a really poor. I mean, has Green Bay been known as an exploitive organization that, that doesn't care about the players? That, that you know, I mean, in the spectrum of the 32 NFL teams, could you even make the case, Jonas, that they were in the bottom half of like treating players without respect or whatever? Uh, no, they've been ta- they've been talked about as an organization that treats their players really well. Uh, an organization that you know maybe maybe it's not the number one destination for free agents because of where it's based, but a lot of players go there and they love their time there. Jim McMahon was quoted recently in an interview saying that the Packers were the best organization he ever played for, top to bottom. They were absolutely top notch. So you, you they don't really have the reputation of being a bad environment with bad surroundings for a lot of players. Okay, so let's do this. I mean, I guess he's hijacked this conversation. But <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. We're shifting the Vegas lead to Aaron Rodgers, but it's not really the Vegas lead. It's going to be the lead, but the Vegas lead's coming in a minute. But the reality is, if you have a situation where the majority opinion is one thing and your opinion is different, it's often about you. And, you know, not to quote Colin's exact phrase of it's a you thing or what or you problem. But boy, oh boy, you add that with the fact that Aaron Rodgers seems like the type that's not often contented. It seems like the type that, um, you know, has had special treatment his whole life. And he very much I mean, let's just say this. Could you imagine Tom Brady doing this? Uh, no, I don't believe so. Because the reality is. Whatever people have put in Brady's mouth about Belichick, about the Pats way, 
Oh, if you look at what he said about him, it's nothing but positive. When he was on Howard Stern, he, you know, about a year ago, it was so positive. And I'm not saying there's not anything else, but that's the point. Anytime you're around someone for five plus years, 10, 15 and beyond, you're going to have pros and cons. There's going to be good times and bad times. The fact that Aaron Rodgers seems to emphasize the bad when the greats, typically the team builders tend to emphasize the good, but don't ignore the bad when it's, it needs addressed. And none of this is saying Aaron Rodgers is a horrible person. He might be the best person he can be given his upbringing, his environment. I don't know. We're all products of our the system that we've been brought up in, and we don't know what influenced us. So I'm not judging him as a human being. I'm judging his actions as a football fan. And it strikes me he doesn't get near the condemnation near the grief that he should. But it strikes me, Jonas, that you actually do. It feels like if you, that's interesting. If you made a list of your five players that you're the most critical of, meaning that you probably have expressed the most negative things about, Aaron Rodgers would be on that list, right? Um, I, gosh, I don't know. I, I didn't, I mean, there's no, I don't really have a list as far as players. Well, I know. I, I, that's why it's a hypothetical. I'm just yeah. saying, it just strikes me that you are, when I, I just listen to what you say and it feels like that you have critiques of, like you, you're kind of falling on the side against him, not strongly all the time, but against him a lot. It feels like, well, most of the time you're pretty neutral on guy. I mean, it's, you don't judge all that much, but <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I just think that, you know, sometimes maybe he does focus and, and, and gets a little bit too petty and focuses on just the negative stuff and he feels like he's been wronged and all that. And that's that's something that a lot of people will tell you about him, that he does, you know, he, he keeps score of things. He doesn't let things go. He's very almost borderline paranoid. There was a, a story about how he was in a sit-down interview uh, with a reporter, Mina Kimes, back in the day. And before the interview started, he started recording on his own because he didn't want to be taken out of context and he didn't want her to use wrong quotes and he didn't want it. So he's very almost paranoid to, to, to whether or not somebody's going to screw him over. And I just wonder if he sees one little thing happen and just assumes that it's a slight against him, like getting rid of the quarterback coach or drafting a quarterback when they potentially had some other needs. I, it just, I, I think yeah. it's mostly his paranoia to be honest. Well, I will say this, which is kind of funny because, you know, you've expressed some stuff that I've heard you say in the past, and I agree with it, except when it comes to the media, I think that's just good thinking. You know, it was interesting, it, the idea of having at least your own documentation of, of how it went. Because, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Because let's be honest, uh, in, in fact, I heard um, Steph, Stephanie McMahon was on Bill Simmons, like right before WrestleMania. And they were talking about one of the things that WWE does always is whenever they do an interview, they bring their own film crew and shoot it off to the side where they have like a, you know, with the, the timer on it. So you can see exactly it's in sequence. And, and what it does is it acts as a deterrent against the, you know, whatever organization is doing it, that they can cut things wrong. Because you really think about it, that they, they could be making a joke with you and like you give a thumbs down and do a raspberry or something. And then later they cut to it and you hear this all the time. And I'm not saying any particular organization, but the ones that have an agenda and his agenda might just be cause trouble, get a story going. But they ask him something, they cut away, they cut back, and then it's the cut from before, and it looks like he's responding to something the interviewer said, but he's not. Right. That happens. Listen, 
I've been, uh, quite frankly, it's been years now, the victim of a 40-page hit piece that had so many lies in it. It was shocking to the point that we went to the New York Supreme Court, because that's a state they were in, spent a lot of money and got a settlement out of it. So, I mean, to me, I guess I'm a little sympathetic to the idea, because being in sports betting, especially before when it was so taboo, it's just a target. And, I mean, it helped me always focus on assuming everything I did was going to be, uh, like, watched or uncovered. And that helped. You know, if you assume the FBI is listening to every conversation, <laughs> it helps you not do things wrong. I can't lie. <laughs> but in general, though, and this will be my last question on it, is if Aaron Rodgers is on the list as he is of complainers, not satisfied, ingrate, whatever you want to call it, is or whatever I'll call it, who else is on that list? Meaning I would make the point that it's going to be hard to come up with even two or three people that are anywhere near him, that he is head and shoulders. Again, let's say amongst team leaders, right? Cornerbacks that are complaining that no one knows about. I don't know, right? But amongst team leaders, who else is on that list? Um, LeBron would probably be on that In the list. NFL, though. Uh, in the NFL? I, I don't know. I haven't even thought about this. Um <sighs> I, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I would make the case that maybe there's one. I mean, like Russell Wilson, you could say during a short period of time kind of had those qualities. But, boy, before and after it hasn't been the case, right? Yeah. But, I, I, yeah. I'm trying to think of NFL players. I don't know of any that have been as vocal with their displeasure or been, you know, as, as up in front, up front about not being happy with the organization. Which, to me, unless then Green Bay is egregiously bad – at supporting their players, which there's no indication of that. If he's complaining the most, that says a lot, I think. So, um, okay, so he's hijacked the first segment. (laughs) That's it, though. No more. So what we're going to do is take our first break. When we come back, we're going to literally give you the odds on the number three pick, how they've moved, the number four pick, the number five pick, and the number six pick, and maybe the number seven. That's coming up next, but first, for the very best draft coverage, be sure to tune in to Fox Sports Radio tonight. Catch Jay Glazer, Bucky Brooks, LeVar Arrington, and Kevin Burkhart as they'll be live throughout the first round beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern time. They'll have pick-by-pick predictions and reactions to all 32 first-round picks. That's tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app, and it's all brought to you by NetSuite. You're still running your business on QuickBooks? more like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sink with outdated software. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. That's special financing at netsuite.com slash draft. netsuite.com slash draft. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the world. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. Coming up here in just a couple of moments, we have an update on the odds near the top of the NFL draft. You know, there's a couple times a year that the odds say so many things that people don't even realize. Oscars are another example of that. Often we know who's going to win almost in every category. 
And it's kind of like this tonight, but not so much your short things. It's just the consensus opinion, what the talking heads are saying are in contradiction with the odds. And remember, the odds, there's money involved, so you can tr- uh, trust it historically more often. Great day to join. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audience has doubled in the last year plus. We thank you so much for the support, and we're going to keep delivering and show you the thanks for that support. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas. Here in Vegas, on the Strip, 75 degrees, the neon is pumping. So, RJ, the big conversation near the top of the draft. We know what the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to do. We have a good feeling what the New York Jets are going to do, but it's what the San Francisco 49ers are going to do. And all of a sudden, we have an update and a change to the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, and by the way, speaking of the Jags, Fez spent 20 minutes yesterday on the pod talking about how He's thinking maybe he bets because the odds on Trevor Lawrence is $100 wins you a dollar. So he was thinking, is there any way that we can bet late and then get the money cash and they only have our money for 20 minutes and we're making 1%? I mean, this guy, he does not want to get a job. He doesn't. And then it is interesting, 100 to win one. And then for the Jets, it's 50 to win one. So, there. I mean, I know everyone assumes Wilson's a lock, but, boy, that 50 to one – uh, is a big number, it feels like, but I guess it is a lock. And now we got number three. And as of yesterday, and Mackenzie's got the breaking numbers, as of yesterday, Mac Jones was the favorite. And what were the exact odds, Mackenzie? It was minus 275 consensus. All right, so Mac Jones minus 275. So $2.75 wins you a dollar, 275 wins you a hundred. Okay, so big jumbo. So if you look at the implied odds, saying mathematically, it said Mac Jones was about 70% chance to be the pick. Now, today, what are the current odds? Trey Lance is the new favorite, minus 150. Mac Jones is plus 150. So that imputes out to 60% chance for Trey Lance. So that's what you call a swing, a swerve, I guess, <laughs> to go back to wrestling. Um, first of all, Jonas, if you didn't know the odds, what did you feel today in the media? Um, that Mac Jones was still the guy right up until the Aaron Rodgers stuff came out. And then it felt like San Francisco. And there were some rumblings that maybe San Francisco had been trying for a couple of days now to make a move with Green Bay for Rodgers and that the number three pick was obviously going to be a part of the deal. And then I thought, well, maybe there's a switch in the odds because if the deal doesn't get done, what is San Francisco going to do if they've clearly identified that they wanted Rodgers? Do they go position player? Do they just settle on a quarterback? Do they try and trade back out of it. Um, but I still would have assumed that Mac Jones would have been the favorite. So the trade, what, what is the most viable trade, as in like it felt legit that it could that this could be real? And obviously you didn't necessarily think any of them were short things. What was the, the trade as you heard it as it, most likely? I didn't hear details as to what the potential offer could be. I just know that the 49ers had reached out to Green Bay to gauge their interest, and I think they did so yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, Green Bay just shunned them. But, but, you know, obviously it would be the number three pick. What's interesting, though, is that, I I would think that the four the first round picks they gave up to get the number three pick would have been worth more to Green Bay than just the number three pick in this well, year's draft and whatever else they would have come up with. But remember now, you got to replace Aaron Rodgers in this scenario. So how do you do that? I 
package if, if you're Jimmy Green Garoppolo. Bay. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo may be part of the package. Maybe they see Garoppolo and you've still got Jordan Love. Um, now, remember, LaFleur's from the Shanahan tree. So it seems like to me that if this, if the guru of that at this point, you know, that's still coaching, not Uncle Mike, as he's called around here, <laughs> is if it's not Uncle Mike, it's going to be Kyle. And if you're LaFleur, you're going to understand Kyle probably understands the offense better than you. And if they're jettisoning Jimmy G, I mean, how much love are you getting in Green Bay for taking Jimmy G versus maybe you take Jimmy G as a backup? And then, and again, he'd have to agree to that too, right? Because obviously there's the no trade clause that Jimmy G has. But here's the question, and we can't forget this because tonight it, everything's really driven by it. If, if it is Mac Jones, and let's be clear, when it's 70% one way and now it's 60% the other, that's a big swing. But it's still only 60-40. Mac Jones could still easily be the pick. It's just not near as likely as it was yesterday. So if you think about it, the odds have cut in more than in half, right? When it was 70 and now, you know, it's more in half. And to me, I don't know what drove that. And if you look at the betting movement, you either have steam when it's pretty much all at once. It's like a coordinated hit. Oh, everyone's betting the Ravens. Boom, boom, boom. Everywhere. Everyone's betting. They call it an open order. The people who are in the syndicate, it's like bet as much as you can at this number. Go. And you see it. And then on the screen, then there's what you see today. What we saw was a little bit of a jump in the morning and then throughout the day incrementally. It was like walking a quarter mile every half hour and you finally walked like five miles. But it was just a little bit at a time. And that, to me, is a sign of something triggering it modestly initially and then it becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. As in, people see it moving and they go, ooh, somebody must know something. And then they bet it. And that causes it to move. And then someone says, oh, look, it moved again. They must know something. And each time, it's a domino effect. Uh, it feels more like that to me. So if I was forced to bet right now at the current odds, if it was 50-50, I would take the favor. That's just, I could not. But if I had to bet at the current price, I would still take Mac Jones. Yeah. You too? Yeah, I would too. I just, it, this didn't move significantly enough, and, and we talked about it yesterday again, but when Baker Mayfield's odds changed, that was clear the way that they moved, that somebody knew something. Same with Kyler Murray and the Heisman Trophy odds. All of a sudden, one one weekend, we came yep. in on a Monday, and we're talking about it on the show. Like Somebody must have talked to some voter somewhere and known something. Yeah, I think that, I think that was driven by there was a mail-in survey yeah. they did. Yeah, so, something like that. This just doesn't seem like... Like, you know, if Trey Lance all of a sudden was a three to one favorite, then I could understand, okay, well, that's clearly based on information. This feels like people are still just guessing at this point. And and if that's the case, I, w- I would still take Mac Jones because that's been seemingly the most solid information and, and reporters out there have all steered us in the direction of Mac Jones. So I wouldn't steer away from him at this point. couple reasons I agree with you, and that's Jonas Knox, we're straight out of Vegas, is one, a lot of the intelligentsia, the smart people, quote unquote, and I'm putting it in quotes, ironically, 
in football, they all were so against, or many of them, against Mac Jones. So what ends up happening is when they get any evidence that affirms their point, they tend to over overemphasize it. Right? Think about a team that's bad, like the Clippers last year. They had a high expectations. When they played bad, people made excuses, like McKenzie yeah. made excuses. <laughs> when they played well, they it'd be like, see, that's the truth. There's the truth. I told you. <laughs> and that happens all the time. And it seems to me that whatever that initial move maybe got people saying, see, I told you. It's not Mac Jones, pot-bellied Mac Jones, even though he's faster than Patrick Mahomes, even though he had better stats than Tua and had no injuries coming in like Tua. But somehow Tua was everyone's darling. How does I don't even understand the dynamics of this stuff. I really don't. Like why they become darlings or not, I don't know. But it happens strongly. Okay, so that's one thing. Another thing I think is it feels like this would be so weak on San Francisco's part that it would almost preclude them doing it. Meaning everyone's saying there's no debate that they moved up with the intention, the way they're phrasing it now is, we would be comfortable taking Mac Jones. Meaning, if it was the worst case, we're fine with it. Okay, fine. But that isn't the way it was presented out there in the media. And they didn't correct it. So the perception was this was a done deal, pretty much. Now, the fact that they would then back off at the end and change their mind... That feels like the opposite of the game plan that we think they should do to try to minimize their risk here as executives. This feels like they're going to get second-guessed. Unless it's a home run, they're going to get second-guessed out there wazoo because imagine Mac Jones is better wherever he goes. They're going to be saying, you had him in your sights the whole time, and what, people on Twitter got you off him? Right. It, it just feels like that, that whatever risk there is to the decision-makers in San Francisco – if they do change now, it increases it. What do you think? Yeah, and I also think the fact that they made the move the way that they made it, I don't, I don't buy the idea that, well, we did it for one of two guys. That felt like a move you were making because you were certain the guy you absolutely wanted was going to be there. And this idea that all of a sudden in the last week or two weeks they, they saw Trey Lance in person and next thing you know they've been swayed in the other direction and he really sold them. Like you've got an entire year against top competition for Mac Jones in Alabama, but Trey Lance at a pro day all of a sudden sold you on the idea of him being a better fit than Mac Jones. I just It just doesn't add up to it me. It doesn't. And – and also, if you think about it, is Jimmy G, there's no way that you trade Jimmy G if you're picking a guy that with the, remember now, he, Lance would have literally the fewest snaps of any first round quarterback in college, fewest snaps in 40 years. So yeah. this is by definition, not a generational, every four or three generations of uh, inexperience of lack of data. And I get there's only one in you know quarter seasons or whatever from Mac Jones, but it's like the number of snaps is just so much higher. And remember, don't forget, North Dakota State is a running team. It's like they were playing almost. He was almost playing as a game manager, and and I totally get that he's got the tools. And I'm not saying he's not. I I could see him going. In fact, when we did that mock yesterday, we had him going seven. So, I mean, I'm not in any way saying that he is going to be a bust. I'm saying if you're trying to win now, you don't let Jimmy G go and pick the least experienced quarterback in 40 years in the first round. 
Yeah, I, I don't. It just doesn't. Just so much of it doesn't add up to me. I, I don't. If if you were going to start, if Trey Lance was really your guy from the get go, and and that was the guy you were going to roll with, at no point would you have wanted to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo. Exactly. It just, it, it just wouldn't make. Especially a coach in Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, who just got new deals and they've re-upped there. You assume they're going to be there for a while. So if there's any coaching staff that can withstand waiting on a quarterback to develop. It's those guys who just got new deals and got, you know, long deals when they first got there. So their job security is at the top of the list in the NFL. The idea that they would, you know, all of a sudden now switch and go back to Trey Lance, but still want to move on from a girl. I just, I, I just don't, it doesn't, none so, of it but, makes sense. But here's my question. The job security would seem to lend itself to the idea they could wait, you know, develop a quarterback. Exactly. So, so uh, you're saying in that, in that sense, it does say maybe they could, though I would make the case that what we've seen from the, the aggressive move getting off of Jimmy G, or at least, you know, the intention being is that they feel like it's a win now situation. And that's one of the things I think people lose sight of how the NFL has changed because the rookie salary cap, the first contract cap is so favorable for the teams that if you have a couple of key players like Bosa, like the 49ers do that are on those first year deals, you better win now. Because Washington's like that. There's a sense that, oh, Washington's starting to be something. No, they better win this year, next year, maybe the next year. Because what's the windows with these teams? Yeah. Right? We saw it with the Rams. They had a window made at the Super Bowl. Now, they've kind of built a second window here, maybe. But, boy, it's a different window. It feels different. It was a, a rookie, you know, first year, first contract quarterback and spending a lot of money in other places. Now it's spending a lot of money on the quarterback, a couple other people, and then it's thin everywhere else. Uh, that's a different and, – and the fact that they're the Rams do a lot of things right, they have a good coach, maybe they have a chance to do something this year. But in look at Jacksonville. I mean, I know that was extreme, but they were favored in the second half – to go to the Super Bowl against yep. the Patriots. They were favored in game. And then, like in a blink of an eye, they're one of the worst teams in the league. And that's probably some malpractice in a way. But in general, other than the Patriots, other than having a Pro Bowl, not Pro Bowl, a Hall of Fame quarterback, a Hall of Famer, which teams have kept and maintained being competitive? You know, maybe you could make the case Baltimore – because, you know, Flacco's not a Hall of Famer. Big Ben is. Like, think of the teams that's been consistent. Patriots with Brady. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, yeah. But, but, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And maybe the caveat is if you have a great coach, because Andy Reid's top five, top three, uh, maybe you can do it with a, you know, obviously Mahomes has been a Hall of Fame level guy since he's come in. But with Smith, you could make the case that's Andy Reid. But were they really competitive? Or were they like first, like almost like a Houston Texans first round? So that's to me a borderline one when they had Smith. But otherwise, it's 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 going to be Breeze. It's going to be Hall of Fame quarterbacks, or you've got a two or three year window. Yeah, and I think if you're the 49ers and and you're trying to figure out who they're going to take at three, it's just it's a simple question: Are they trying to win now? Or are they building for the future? If the answer is they're trying to win now, Mac Jones is the guy. If they stay and make the pick, if they're trying to build towards the future, then Trey Lance makes all the sense in the world. But then why would you be shopping Jimmy Garoppolo? Why would Jimmy Garoppolo exactly. be on the trade block? That's that's the part that doesn't add up to me, which is why I still think that Mac Jones is the pick. All right. So up next, I'm going to ask the following question. 
would it be crazy? Would it be crazy to say I'd rather have the third pick and not Aaron Rodgers? I don't think it is. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. He's R.J. Bell, the voice of Vegas. I'm Jonas Knox, the voice of you, the fan. So, you know, as the host of the show, Jonas, or, you know, as part of the hosting thing, is it seems like once a year I could go to management and say, you know, I'm pulling a prima donna and I demand this doesn't happen. Do you think once a year sounds fair for that? Yeah, once a year. Right. I would say I'm less a, than a handful. Yeah, I'm going to sure. de- I'm going to demand that we never talk about social media followers and n- the news on this show. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it was creative and I appreciated it, but I don't want to be a part of that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I mean, if it says it's complicated, I'm done. That's it. I mean, <laughs> All right, let's do this. Take our last break. When we come back, we're going to answer that question. Is Aaron Rodgers clearly better at his aged, advanced age versus five years of cost control with the number three pick? And by the way, less of a headache almost for sure. Plus, I'm going to give you a best bet if you want to bet the draft tonight. That's coming up next, but a reminder for the very best draft coverage. Be sure to tune into Fox Sports Radio tonight. You can catch Jay Glazer, Bucky Brooks, LeVar Arrington, and Kevin Burkhardt. They'll be live throughout the first round beginning at 8 p.m. Eastern time. They'll have pick-by-pick predictions and reactions to all 32 first-round picks. That's tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time right here on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app, and it's all brought to you by NetSuite. You're still running your business on QuickBooks, more like quicksand. The bigger your company grows, the faster you sync with outdated software. Right now, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program. That's special financing at netsuite.com slash draft. netsuite.com slash draft. He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, I'm John Middlecoff, and I host the 3 and Out podcast. Do you like football? Do you like the NFL? Do you like the NFL draft? Quarterbacks? Coaches? Well, I talk about it all on the show. I used to work for Andy Reid as a scout. Now I give you my unfiltered and raw opinions on everything that goes on in the NFL. And you know we're talking college football because of how important the draft is. Year-round, listen to the 3 and Out podcast with me, John Middlecoff, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. So, R.J., the draft coverage of Fox Sports Radio begins in a little over an hour from now, which brings us to the point in the show where we find out what Vegas has found out about the upcoming draft. Yeah, great opportunity. Let the odds guide us. First, though, let's talk about some big picture stuff that you need to understand to enjoy the draft or at least be informed with the draft tonight. Number one, the picks in 2021, this year's picks, are less valuable than any year ever. And the rationale is simple. They've got less information to make their judgments. Imagine a scenario that no one played any games, like some extreme. No one played any games, blah, blah. You'd be like picking based on what height and weight and 40 times. 
And then in a typical year, you'd have all this information, combine, interviews, on site during the year on the campus. This year has a lot less than usual. And thus, the teams are valuing the picks less value with less value. There's a second reason. Because of the COVID and all the different factors, the depth of the draft, fifth round, sixth round, seventh round, there's been some good reporting that the number of players that have filed to even get an agent, so that's like a low level, but it's like 600 or 700 this year, and typically it's like more than double that. So in general, this year is not valued highly. Thus, you're going to see some trades that don't make a ton of sense because of that. And I think, for example, uh, we've seen it with some of the multiple picks going to get players. It's like, eh, it feels like a lot. It's cause of COVID. Number two, quickly, it would be this. Everyone that leaves this draft, every team tonight, tomorrow, and the next day are going to have the perfect draft for them. Now, what does that mean? It means given the players they had available to them at the time, they picked their favorite player. Unless they somehow do data entry error and randomly pick the wrong player. Oh, I didn't mean him. I meant the other guy. They picked their favorite player. So Mel Kuyper might not like it and whoever might not like it, but they love it. Now, they might have wished another guy had fallen to them, but given the givens, they all had a perfect draft because they had their choice of anyone they wanted that was left. So anyone grading it, you got to assume they know more than the GMs. I don't assume that. I don't grade drafts. There's one area that drafts can affect next year's odds instantly to me. It's a team without a quarterback. No quarterback that's any good that drafts a quarterback early. Because at least then you've got a good chance, a decent chance, a 50-50 chance you got a quarterback. Now you have a zero. You know, when you go in with lock, you almost have a 0% chance of having a quarterback, in my opinion. If they draft, now forget Bridgewater, they draft one tonight, they got a chance. So I'm going to upgrade the teams that don't have a quarterback that draft a quarterback. Now, what did the market tell us? And then I'm going to give you my best bet is that Trey Lance is now better than 50% to be the third pick. Kyle Pitts has surged to be very likely to be the fourth pick. Jamar Chase is very likely to be the fifth pick. So the Lyman Sewell, not as likely now. Waddle is expected to go, the wide receiver, 11 or earlier. And he's supposed to go before Smith, the Heisman winner. And J.C. Horn is supposed to go better than 12. So 11 or, or, or 12 or earlier. Check that on Horn. So I think there's going to be, and here's my segue to the best bet. The best bet for me tonight is going to be number of cornerbacks and it's going to be over five quarterbacks picked in the first round. So five or more. So not over five, five or more. And the current uh, lay price on that, McKenzie, is? Minus 180. All right, so we got to lay a little vig, but here's why we like this. We do tracking between the next-to-last mock draft and the last mock draft of the guys who are connected. The guys like Kuyper, let's give them credit, McShade, they are connected. And if you see a guy that isn't in any mock for the whole you know, lead up, mock one, mock two, mock seven, and then in the last mock on the last day, he surges up and he's the 23rd pick. It's like that's usually information-based. It's they got a contact, they told him that's who we want to take. And it's right a lot of the time. Well, there were multiple surgers that were cornerbacks. 
and we know no one's fallen. So there's a, what we got is multiple surges that are cornerbacks, already existing cornerbacks that are going to go one. So our best bet is five or more cornerbacks laying minus 180. It's going to be over five or more best bet for me. We are straight out of Vegas, and we are brought to you by AutoZone. AutoZone has more ways for you to start your job your way. That means getting what you need fast. Some jobs can't wait. That's why AutoZone offers free same-day store pickup. Free next-day delivery is available on over 100,000 parts. Visit AutoZone.com today to start your job fast. Get in the zone. AutoZone, if you missed any of today's show, including that best bet before the NFL draft and all sorts of news and notes, you've got a little over an hour away before the draft starts so check it out at foxsportsradio.com we're back tomorrow 6 p.m eastern time here on fsr